you really wanna know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those. What's happening, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into another edition of the Country Roads webcast, brought to you by Trio 4 Productions. We are the official podcast of Almost Heaven Athletics and almostheavenathletics.com. Here today to bring you our third update of the 2018 West Virginia men's basketball season. Joining me as my co-host, as always, is Justin Eller, who covers West Virginia basketball for almostheavenathletics.com. What's going on today, Justin? i just getting ready for the weekend, man. Ready to talk some sports. Absolutely. Let's uh, talk some Mountaineer basketball. Got a couple games here to recap and then going to preview the upcoming game this Saturday. Um, Look back at the previous Saturday um, for the time being. Uh, November 24th, West Virginia defeats Valparaiso 88-76. That put the Mountaineers at 3-2 on the season at the time and dropped Valpo down to 3-3. Beetle Bolden was inactive for West Virginia in, in this game. But um, some other players really picked up the slack. Um, had a career high in scoring from uh, Issa Ahmad in this one, as well as uh, the best game of the season yet from uh, Sagabal Kanate. Um, opening thoughts on the uh, contest against uh, Valparaiso last Saturday? Well, we started out in the first half kind of slow like we have all season. Um, we picked it up in the second half with help from Issa and Sagabal. Um, the only alarming thing that, I got from that game was the fact that they combined for 56 points and we still only won by 12. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're scoring 56 together, I feel like we should be scoring 100 points, honestly, because, you know, not many teams got two players that'll put up numbers like that. But uh, we picked it up in the last game, so um, not too concerned about that as we look good against Ryder. So um, just if it wasn't for Kanate and Issa that game, I. Uh, you know, we, we probably would have lost because everybody else seemed to be ice cold. But um, we got the win, so that's the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not not a lot of scoring, um, not not as balanced as it's been for uh, West Virginia at some, some points throughout this season. But I think the uh, most positive thing I took away from that game was that uh, West Virginia only committed seven turnovers in that game and that uh, Brandon Knapper got the start, his first career start in place of uh, – Beetle Bolden, who I mentioned, was inactive for that game, and um, he played well, uh, played 27 minutes and showed uh, seven assists in that time. So I thought it was good to uh, see him contribute and uh, and start to come along a little bit. And then you also had uh, Lamont West with three assists, and, you know, Issa um, and Sagabach chipped in a couple themselves. But I thought Napper did a, 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 good, a better job than he had been because he'd been a little turnover prone to begin this season but that game he really cut it down and uh dished out seven assists as well and the team only committing seven turnovers throughout the uh entire game was a, a big positive and i think a, a big thing that led to the win outside of the uh scoring from kanate and west or kanate and ahmad rather i should say i thought that um emmett matthews also um provided a spark off the bench in that game i think he played uh just 21 minutes off the bench in that one and I think we're starting to see him really come along, um, especially even more so in, in the next game, which we'll get to um, here in a, in a bit. But um, Emmett Matthews in the, in the game against Valparaiso contributed five points, five rebounds, and a block shot as well. So I think it's good to start to see some of these guys like Brandon Knapper and Emmett Matthews um, begin to contribute a little bit and start to come along, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Emmett Matthews, he, he seems like he's got a good basketball IQ. He doesn't. 
he's he's taking a couple shots that maybe he shouldn't have took. But that, you know, every player does that playing basketball. But I like uh, I like what he brings off the bench, and um, I think as the season goes on, he's going to be a big piece for us because he just seems like he knows what he's doing when he gets put in the game. He doesn't look lost, and he uh, he contributes on the rebounds and he takes good shots. So I like what I've seen from him the past two uh, times he's touched the floor. So. Yep, I, I agree with you uh, there 100%. So um, uh, we'll kind of put a bow on Valparaiso. Kind of hard to uh, talk too much about a game that was almost a week ago now at the time of this recording. So um, having said that, uh, player of the game for the game against Valpo, who who would you give it to? I'd give it to Canate. Um, I, I believe he had – did he have two points in the first half? Yeah, I think it was, was, two, right? it was two points or four points, something like that. It was single digits. I know, I only, I know he only scored once or twice. I know he he had that span where he had, I believe, twelve straight points for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they were kind of daring him to shoot from the three, and he was knocking them down. And that's that's the three point shots he needs to take. He doesn't need to try and create his own three point shots. If they're going to give it to him, I let him let him fly. You know every game, I, I'm fine with that. And uh, he knocked him down, and he showed that. Uh, really, for the first time in his career, he showed that he could. You know, take over a game with his scoring, not so much his defense. So, um, I'd give it to Kanate. I know Issa had a 30 points and was 12 or 15 from the field, but um, Kanate really he came out in that second half, and that's what really gave us the spark. And once he uh, kind of lit it up there for a minute, that's when we kind of took control of the game and ended up getting the victory. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that was the uh, the bright spot of that. You know, he had a double double, 26 points, 10 rebounds, and. Uh, like you said, the three-point shooting was great. He hit five threes, and um, they weren't forced like some have been in, in previous games. They were open shots within the flow of the offense, and I thought that was really good. Um, my player of the game, I'm going to hand out to Issa Ahmad, uh, just because it was one of the better games we've seen from him um, for his entire career, really. Um, love to see more of this Issa Ahmad. This is the Issa Ahmad that you kind of expected to see ever since four years ago, and you've seen flashes of it, and the thing with him has always been uh, just being consistent with it. But uh, career-high 30 points, 12 of 15 on field goals, four rebounds, two assists, and two steals. So a uh, great night from Issa Ahmad against Valpo, and um, hopefully he can continue to do that throughout this season because that would be a big boost to West Virginia if he can um, finally improve his consistency as a scorer and as a leader of the team. So now let's uh, recap, um, put a bow on that one, and we will recap West Virginia's game from Wednesday night, uh, November 28th. They took on Ryder. It was also at home in the Coliseum in Morgantown. Um, final game in the month of November, second uh, consecutive game of this three-game home stand that the Mountaineers are on right now. Um, West Virginia won 92-78 to to move to 4-2 and on the season. Um, they out-rebounded Ryder 46-36, to which I thought was good because um, kind of an area the Mountaineers have uh, struggled at more so than you'd like to see is in the rebounding aspect. So I thought they uh, played good there. And then yet again, scoring over 90 points. So, um, you know, showing off the uh, ability to score this team has, um, you know, maybe more so than we've seen from other past Mountaineer teams. Um, what are your opening thoughts about this uh, game against Ryder in the most recent uh, contest for West Virginia? I thought it was the best game we've played all season on uh, the offensive end and obviously rebounding that you just mentioned. Um, we looked like uh, we knew what we was doing pretty much the entire game. Uh, we had, I mean, just we only had, I think, 14 turnovers maybe. Um, 
and we had 21 assists, which is a season high. Mm-hmm. So if we're getting 20 assists as a team, that's really good to see. And, you know, the more assists you get, the less turnovers you're likely going to have. And I just think that's the best overall game we've played all season. And it was the first game that I watched that I was actually kind of impressed. And it was the first time all season I felt like we finally are starting to improve on certain issues that we've talked about on previous podcasts as far as turnovers go, passing the ball, rhythm of offense, rebounding. Uh, I think it was just the first game all season that we've actually showed, you know, we've actually took a step forward. So I was uh, pretty impressed against Ryder. Absolutely. I I think so too. Um, You know, Ryder was a team a lot of people talked about and kind of compared to Buffalo, like a a lesser Buffalo team basically. You know, they had a lot of uh, senior players, had a a pretty solid year last year and then brought a lot back. So people were kind of uh, nervous about this game as well. But uh, West Virginia showed that they are improving this season if that was indeed the case. And um, forced Ryder into into committing 15 turnovers. So that was good to see the defense uh, play a little better. And Ryder also committed four technical fouls which uh, led to some extra free throws for the Mountaineers. And the Mountaineers actually shot 33 free throws in this game. Um, made 21 of them, not the best percentage, but anytime you're shooting 33 free throws, that's good, and that shows that uh, you're attacking the rim and, and drawing fouls, which is uh, good to see some uh, aggressive play from uh, this some of these Mountaineer players, wouldn't you think? Absolutely. It's always good to get to the line 33 times. We only let them shoot 16 free throws, so we, that means we played good defense, 15 total fouls on defense. Um, I can live with that. You know, we're used to seeing a lot of whistles called against us with the press, but um, we didn't really, that game, we didn't really put a lot of pressure as far as full court goes, um, which I think, honestly, we talked last week, I think that's how we're going to have to play this season. I would have liked to shoot better than 63% from the free throw line. Um, even though we did get there, We, I think we, if we're shooting 33, I'd like for us to at least make 28 instead mm-hmm. of 21. Uh I mean, we didn't really shoot the ball. I mean, we 42% from the field, you know, 30 for 70. I mean, that's not terrible. You can't really ask for much more. Um, 14 turnovers, I like that. I think that's the number we need to stay at. We need to be around 10 to 12 uh, to get wins this season on turnovers. So, not too bad there. Uh, I guess the biggest thing that jumped out to me was the 21 assists as a team and 20 offensive rebounds. And you get 20-plus offensive boards and 20-plus assists as a team, and that's a recipe for victory. So, um, overall, like I said, I think I like the way we looked, and uh, hopefully we can build off that and keep getting some wins going. Yep, right on. I think so, uh, too. And I think, you know, uh, we mentioned in the game against Valparaiso, Beetle Bolton uh, was inactive, didn't get to play. Um, he was back for this game against Ryder, but you saw uh, Sagabal Kanate take the night off due uh, to uh, some soreness in his knee. So, you know, back-to-back wins for West Virginia and in each of the games playing without a uh, significant uh, member of the team, uh, without a starter. And so that makes the uh, rebounding uh, margin that the uh, Mountaineers had over Ryder even more impressive when you look at it from the aspect that uh, Sagabal Kanate didn't even play in this game, so it could have been even greater. So you've seen a lot of guys step up on the boards, uh, especially Logan Rout. He played a, a really uh, gritty game uh, getting, to the, getting to the glass. He had eight rebounds in this game, so that was good to see, I thought. Yeah, without Kanate, um, <clears throat> you wouldn't think that we'd win the rebound margin the way we did, if at all. 
like you said, Logan Route, eight rebounds. Wesley Harris, eight rebounds. Issa Mod, seven rebounds. Lamont West also had seven rebounds. So that's a big contribution by those four players. Um, and Issa Mod with seven rebounds, he needs to be getting seven or eight a night. He's usually getting three. So maybe we can build off that. And, you know, the rebounds are a big deal, especially with – Especially on offense, you know, I mean, those second chance, second chance points, they go a long way. Um, so I was absolutely surprised with the fact that we out-rebounded them but without Kanate. Uh, when I saw that Kanate wasn't playing, I got a little nervous, and I just wondered how we would do on defense down low, and we uh, seemed to do just fine without him. And getting two wins without Bolden or Kanate – um, that's huge, and really, I mean, we kind of played the last game without Bolden. I mean, I know he played the first half, but he didn't uh, play a single single second in the second half, so really, we won that game without both of them. Yep, absolutely, I think so, too. And, you know, speaking of that second half you saw um, against um, Valparaiso, we talked about Brandon Knapper kind of stepping up, and in the second half of this game, you saw the other young point guard for the Mountaineers step up in uh, Jordan McCabe. Um, didn't do a lot of scoring, but had eight assists in this game, and that's impressive because he had two throughout the whole season coming into the game, and then totals eight in this game, and a lot of them were impressive. One was a nice alley-oop, a couple no-look passes, and so it seems like maybe he's really starting to uh, get the feel of the college game and, and start to come along, and if and if he does, that'd be great for West Virginia because the more that Napper and McCabe come along, the better that allows Beetle Bolden to play off the ball more whenever he's in there, I feel like, and I thought the... Uh, the emergence of Jordan McCabe is uh, really starting to take fold for this team, uh, wouldn't you say? Yeah, McCabe had the best game of the season. I'd actually, I know you're probably going to ask this question on who my player of the game was, and I know he only had one point, but I'm going to go with Jordan McCabe for the simple fact that when he was in the game, our offense looked better than it has all season with him playing confident the way he did, and eight assists, one turnover. So that's uh, that's always good to see. And I think uh, I think Napper and McCabe. I think once they get it going, man, I you know you can start either one. They're probably both going to play the same amount of minutes each night. It doesn't really matter who comes out in the starting lineup. And I think I like to put Bolden at the two and let him play his game off the ball. Because um, if you got McCabe, you know Napper had seven assists against Valpo. McCabe had eight against Ryder. If you got those guys throwing seven, eight assists a night and not turning the ball over, then you don't need to have Bolden at the point guard at all. Um, and I think McCabe, I think that's the first time all season McCabe looked confident and he played the way he used to play in high school. Um, he he kind of got a little cocky there towards the end with trying to get in a little dribble matchup, but those guys were trying to get him frustrated and they were trying to steal the ball from him and was kind of, you know, hand-checking him the whole night and trying to get in his head. You know, that one technical foul on that, I believe his last name was Jordan. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Um, he got a technical when he got that layup on the cave and you know, kind of turned to him and said something to him. So um, he was kind of in a little heated battle with those with their two guards all night. And he didn't let it get the best of him, which is another good thing to see. You know, a lot of freshmen, stuff like that happens. You get some guys jawing, especially some guys from another team that maybe sophomores or juniors got a little bit more experience. You know, that might tend to rattle a young guy or he might try and play out of his way. But um, really, it made him play better, and he had some good passes. You mentioned the alley-oop to Emmett Matthews, which was nice. Uh, even Javon and Daxter, they weren't the best at throwing alley-oops. I, I could tell you five, at least ten times on each of them, they tried to throw oops over their four years' career, and it 
would either go out of bounds or it just wasn't pretty. Yeah, uh, McCabe, his passing was was uh, was was phenomenal against Ryder. Uh, you mentioned the two no looks. One was off a rebound. Um, probably nobody in the I don't even think Isam Odd was ready for that pass, and it just came so quick, and it led to an M one play, and then we got a three on one fast break. Uh, Isam Odd had a three on one fast break and committed a charge, which was absolutely awful. Uh, it was one of the worst plays, probably the worst play of the game. He just ran the guy over mm-hmm. when all he had to do was pass the ball. And that's an uh, area that we need to score, and we got to get all the points we can get, especially in transition. So uh, when you see McCabe come down on a three-on-one and look, give a no-look pass and look off the defender and pass it to the wide-open guy, uh, that's good things to see, especially from a freshman point guard. And I think, uh, think going forward, I think McCabe, I watched his post-game interview. He was talking about how Hudson just wants him to make the game look easy, and I think that's exactly what he did against Ryder. Yeah, I think so too. He did a did an excellent job, and I hope that uh, it's just the tip of the iceberg for him, and uh, more things to come. You know, saw a lot of guys step up in this game. Um, Chase Harler had one of his best games um, to date so far, 11 points. So I think West Virginia had about five people in double-digit scoring, um, led by Lamont West with 20 points. So um, Lamont West, uh, you know, had a few good games scoring here. Hopefully he can keep that up. And I think that if the Mountaineers can get, you know, one guy around that 20-point uh, mark and have a few others, you know, having 10 or 15, it's going to uh, bode, bode really well for them for this season. They need that type of consistent scoring, not just from one person, but um, from throughout the team kind of. And I think, um, you know, we mentioned Emmett Matthews a little bit against uh, Valparaiso, but in this game against Ryder, he, uh, he performed even better than he did against Valparaiso and provided even more of a spark off the bench as he had 11 points, three rebounds, and two assists. And I really like what I see from him at Matthews. think he has a bright future as well to go along with McCabe. He's got a pretty shot and a high basketball IQ. And I think that um, for me, I'd probably give um, Emmett Matthews my uh, player of the game um, for this one um, from my perspective. Um, so before we look ahead and uh, preview the Mountaineers' uh, game against Youngstown State coming up this Saturday, um, any final thoughts on the game against uh, Ryder? Uh, no, uh, we pretty much covered everything. Uh, they said McCabe and Matthews. I think they they're they're the two best players from that game, just for the simple fact that you know they're young and they showed what they can do, and they didn't make any mistakes. So I know Lamont West had twenty, and I think this is a team that's perfectly suited for Lamont West to have a good season, simply because uh, we got. Two young guards that, at times, show that they know how to run an offense, and uh, you know we get the ball moving around. Lamont West is getting good open shots, getting good looks. Um, we're not so much pressing anymore, so um, that helps him as with him being a shooter. He's not going to be tired like he was last year. And you know, while the press was great, don't get me wrong. You know, we got a lot of success from the press the past four years. It also hurt us as far as jump shooting goes. Uh, our guys would be tired. I know the other team might have been a little bit more tired than we were, but at the end of the day, you know, we're the ones out there putting the pressure and exerting all the energy. So our guys are going to be tired too when it gets down to the last five minutes of the game. So I think this, uh, I think we're going to have a good season for Lamont West for the simple fact that um, he's not going to be, he's going to have his legs all 40 minutes and he's getting open looks and we're doing a good job at getting him the ball. Uh, into the first half, we ran a play for him. Um, we brought in McCabe and Bolden and West off the bench with 10 seconds left. Set up a double screen up top. Lamont West got a wide open look, and he drained it at the buzzer at halftime. And um, that that surprised me because we actually executed a play that Huggins drew up, which is good to see, especially with you know younger guys. So um, I think if we 
just lay off on the press and play good half court defense and move the ball on offense. I think uh, I think we're getting a little bit more optimistic with the season. You know, last week we mentioned you know bubble team might not make the tournament. While that still may be true, um, I know it was Ryder. We'll find out here. We'll find out here in a couple of weeks what we're actually made of once we play Florida and Pitt. But um, I'm feeling a little bit better after the Ryder game for the simple fact that guys like Emmett Matthews and McCabe are um, coming in the game and they're not making you know bad mistakes and they're playing their game. So um, I like where I like the way we're looking right now. Yep, I agree with you 100%, and uh, especially on the uh, press aspect, I think that, you know, we need to just work on playing solid half-court D, because we're improving in that aspect, but still not quite where we need to be, and, um, you know, I think the players know as much as well after the game. Someone asked uh, Jordan McCabe if uh, Press Virginia would make a return, and he said, uh, we just need to worry about being win Virginia right now, and I really like that uh, quote from McCabe, and I like the mentality that he has, and hopefully the rest of the team has as well going forward, so... Um, That'll wrap up the recap of those two games. Now let's uh, take a look ahead at West Virginia's first game in the month of December and the final game of this three-game homestand as they get set to take on the Youngstown State Penguins at 4 o'clock this Saturday in Morgantown. So West Virginia will take on Youngstown State this Saturday in Morgantown in the Coliseum at 4 o'clock p.m. West Virginia comes into the game at 4-2, and two, while Youngstown State comes in at 3-5. and five. Um, Opening thoughts on this matchup against Youngstown State? Um, I don't think it's nothing to worry about. You know, like you said, they're 3-5. and five. They lost to Pitt 69-53, who we play in the next couple games. Um, the only teams they beat are they beat Columbia, Heidelberg, and they lost to Fordham. Lost FIU, and then they beat Westminster PA and lost to Robert Morris. So um, they're not much of an offensive team. So I like I like us to win big tomorrow, and I like for McCabe, Emmett Matthews, and Napper to get a lot of playing time, and um, probably won't see Kanate, maybe not even Bolden tomorrow. I haven't heard their status, but I couldn't imagine them playing much minutes if they're hurt against a team like Youngstown State. So. Um, I look for this to be a game where McCabe and Matthews can improve from what they've shown uh, the last two games and Napper as well. So I think it's a good good game for the younger guys and a good game for us to uh, keep getting some rhythm with some players that need you know playing time before these big matchups we got against Florida and Pitt. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that um, you know I heard that um, later latter part of this week that. Um, West Virginia had the full team back for practice, but I think that I'm with you um, in the aspect that if Kanate and Bolden aren't quite 100% yet, may as well go ahead and sit them out for this one. Let them get to 100% before you hit these games against uh, Florida and Pitt and some of the tougher non-conference games before you start conference play in the month of January. So um, I think that that would be a, a good idea for West Virginia to probably try and hold those guys out if they're not quite 100%, even though they're able to practice again. But 
um, having said that, there is an interesting angle um, to look at in this game, and that is that Youngstown State's head coach is Jared Calhoun, who um, knows Huggins very well. Um, he was assistant on Huggins' squad at Cincinnati. Then when um, Huggins came back here to coach West Virginia, he hired uh, Jared Calhoun as an assistant there as well. Um, following that, Jared Calhoun uh, was the head coach at Fairmont State before uh, taking the job at Youngstown State. So uh, some familiar, fam familiarity between these two coaches, rather. And um, you think that will play a part in this game? Any uh, Maybe provide a little chess match or it's just um, – Kind of something for the media to talk about more than anything is just the familiarity between the two coaches and the history they have together. Uh, it's, just, it's just something for the announcers to have something to talk about. I don't think it's. Uh, I mean, they they might know what each other likes to do, and you know that that might play into it a little bit. But at the end of the day, we're going to do what we're going to do against anybody. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, Huggins is good friends with everybody in the Big Twelve, so. You know, it's nothing new. Uh, I don't think it's something to really look into, even though it is an interesting fact. Yeah, I'm with you, you know. Um, you know, I think that it's it's good that you uh, get this game against Youngstown State and that they do have Jared Calhoun as their head coach who has history um, with, with West Virginia. The, you know, the state as a whole, having uh, been an assistant coach at West Virginia and then a head coach at Fairmont State and also a history with Huggins. It's a pretty cool aspect that two teams get to play each other, but I don't think it'll play uh, too a big part in the game, uh, X's and O's aspect. You know, uh, when you got a talent disparity like the one that you have between these two teams, it, it really doesn't matter um, in, in that aspect because, you know, the team with the more talent is going to come out on top, which appears to be West Virginia. So um, having said that, um, What's your key to victory in this game? Um, the key to victory is probably uh, McCabe and Napper not turning the ball over and uh, getting assists and just rebounding the ball. Absolutely. I, I'm with you. I think that uh, my key to victory is to just limit turnovers. You know, you've seen the past couple games, West Virginia's done a good, a good job of that or a better job of that than they have earlier in the season, rather, so... That's probably my biggest key is to uh, limit turnovers uh, and, you know, play play smart, uh, smart fundamental basketball, and you should have enough talent to uh, uh, win this one uh, pretty handily, hopefully. So, you know, um, run through the offense as usual, uh, play hard defense, um, crash the glass, and uh, most importantly, limit turnovers. So that's, that's my key I'm going to give to this one. Uh, what about a prediction? You got a, a prediction on this one? Um, I'm, I'm guessing we're both thinking West Virginia wins. Any idea on uh, – by how much you care to offer up a prediction? I'm going to make a bold prediction. The line is 28 points. I think this is the first game we actually uh, control the game from start to finish. I like to see us win by 30-plus. I think we score somewhere around 95 points, and we hold them in the 60s. So I like a 30-point uh, victory. Well, I like that. I like that. I think that um, – I'll, I'll go. I'll go close to that. I'm gonna say at least 20, probably. I'll say 20 point victory, and I think that we do cross the uh, 90 point mark yet again. I think that some of our guys are coming into their own. Uh, we're gaining confidence, uh, scoring the basketball, and uh, hopefully gaining confidence on the defensive end as well, and be able to hold these guys as we have um, some more uh, tough opponents coming up in the uh, coming weeks, starting next week as we're gonna take on Florida and Pitt. So. Um, hopefully we can get a, a good win in this game, play solid from start to finish, and um, perform really well and get keep that confidence building as we get set to take on some tougher uh, non-conference opponents next week. So, 
Having said that, that will pretty much wrap up uh, this edition of the basketball update, our third edition of the 2018 West Virginia men's basketball season. Um, we'll be back early next week to preview uh, the games against Pittsburgh and Florida, taking on Florida on Tuesday and then Pittsburgh the following Saturday. So we'll probably uh, be releasing an episode uh, this coming Monday. But um, having said that, any final thoughts, Justin, before we close it out this week? Uh, let's get a win tomorrow and uh, against Florida and Pitt next week. Those games are be on ESPN for the Florida game, ESPN two for the Pittsburgh game. So that is a good opportunity for us to get redemption uh, on playing on ESPN. Uh, we didn't really look that good, you know. We're not top twenty five. We're not even top forty. Uh, you know, we're not even considered getting any votes. So uh, I think we need to get a win tomorrow, which I think we will, and I think we can. I think we got Florida. I'm not too concerned about them. The Pittsburgh game, they're 6-1. and one. They look pretty good this year. So that's going to be the game that I'm keying on for next week. But uh, I think this is a perfect three-game stretch for us because we can improve to 7-2 and two with three wins, and we could really get some rhythm going and kind of get back in the conversation That's just as far as being one of the better teams in the Big 12. So, I think it's next week. I'm going to go ahead and label it statement week for this basketball team. Mm -hmm. Um, It's time for us to uh, get back in that conversation and kind of get back to where we think we should be. Uh, I don't think we're a top 25 team right now, but I do think going forward, if McCabe and Napper and Matthews play the way they have been playing and just step it up in the scoring column, just a couple points here and there by each player, then I uh, I think we can get back in that top 25 once uh, Big 12 play starts in January. So uh, uh, next week's a big week, man. It's biggest non-conference week of our schedule. And I think it's time for us to make a statement and really uh, come out and say, you know, we're back, get the fan base back going. Uh, the games have kind of been uh, not necessarily – I don't even think they've been halfway full at the Coliseum. You know, tickets are cheap right now. You can get tickets for $10. Um, so I think that uh, – I think we need to get these wins next week and get our fans excited again because I see a lot of people on Facebook, Twitter, and a lot of people are still doubting this team. And uh, we need to get those two wins next week against good opponents and kind of get everybody, you know, excited again as football seasons. We you know they only got one bowl game, so it's uh, officially basketball season. So we need to get the state and these fans and these uh, players on our team and our coaching staff we need to get everybody excited again. I think we can do that next week. Absolutely. You uh, you guys heard it here first. Uh, next week has been dubbed Statement Week for the West Virginia men's basketball team, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. Next week's a week where West Virginia can creep back up into uh, the national conversation and make their way back up to receiving votes in the top 25, um, playing two uh, big Power 5 opponents in non-conference play in the national spotlight, so they got a great chance to uh, make a statement for sure. So. Um, Having said that, uh, be sure and uh, listen to the uh, Country Roads webcast on whatever platform you choose to take in your podcasts on. You can find us on about any major platform now, Apple Podcasts, Google Google Play, um, Stitcher, Spotify, Pocket Cast, the list goes on. So uh, be sure and check us out. Give us a follow. Like us. Uh, share us um, on social media if you'd like. And um, hope to bring you more shows going forward. And I'm um, looking forward to a great Mountaineer basketball season as it's getting to starting to get into a full swing now. So having said that, this has been the Country Roads webcast brought to you by Trio 4 Productions, the official podcast of Almost Heaven Athletics and almostheavenathletics.com. For Justin Eller, I'm Jordan Cruz. And until next time, let's go.
Mountaineers. Are you ready to party? Let's be bold.